sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. I said, it's crazy, not you. If they get upset and lift, it's your problem. <laughs> Whatever. Anywho, um, welcome back to a social experiment gone completely wrong that we like to call Who Rates You Hoes? I am your host, Lonnie, but um, of course, it's a special week here. Uh-oh. My Twitter handle is going to be Issa's Unwanted Shoes. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> oh my god! Oh shit! Oh god! Okay, all right, all right. That's where we're going. That's where we're going. <laughs> That's where we're going. All right. Oh shit! Okay, and I'm <laughs> I'm your. <laughs> oh shit! Oh. Okay. And I'm your co-host, Marlon. And my handle this week is going to be, anybody can get it. (laughs) I'm going to make a suggestion for yours. I'm going to make a suggestion for yours. Ain't shit changed. That's it. Thank you. I was trying to remember. Ain't shit changed is exactly. She said, ain't shit shit changed. I was like, what is going on? So, if you're an insecure lover, you know how this is going. This, that's right. Due to my love of the show, okay, I've decided to have a mini Insecure Fest. Scroll On is taking a backseat this week, mm-hmm. and we're doing a full beginning part of the show with for the review. Now, normally we would do like on the binge when we're watching certain things or listening to certain albums over and over again because our soul just resonates with it. Yeah. Okay. This is not happening this week. Um, I decided, you know, we needed a little break. Sometimes you need one. And normally, when we want a break from the format, we'll do a game. But since I normally don't put this out publicly, but I have an insecure discussion group on Facebook. Oh, look at you. And I post some questions there. Okay. So I think the best way to celebrate insecure coming back is if I post those questions. That yeah. sounds good. <laughs> sounds fantastic. So he's going to grill me with these questions and we're going to get into the conversation uh, just in case you have not watched yet, we are doing Gosh. a spoiler alert right yeah, the fuck now. We right. are, hold on, before we even go there, <laughs> we're currently in three minutes and 46 seconds, okay? <laughs> we'll give you the ending timestamp when she's done. Okay, three minutes, 46, I need y'all to remember that, write that down, three minutes and 46 seconds. 346. 346. All right, so, 
Oh, without further ado, yes, let me the end. Let's jump into it. Yes, I had to make note of the time as well. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get started. All right. So, I have about five questions here. Okay. And one I decided to keep from you because I figured you didn't really pay attention to your Twitter feed I, when the I, show I, came I, on, and that's fine, and I no, love it. No. Yeah, it's fine. It's okay. It's so, I'm going to start. Shit. I can't. <laughs> so. Here we go. Question one. Will Molly and Issa truly rebound from their falling out in season four? If we're going anything off of this first episode, Mm -hmm. no. You don't think so? No, I don't. I don't, and I'm going to tell you why. Go on. Because the awkwardness is deafening. Every time they came up in the scene, like before they went to the party... It was, you could, like, it. I felt so uncomfortable watching it. Like, it was so weird. But the reason why I feel like they're not going to fully bounce back from this is because I don't see Molly truly holding herself accountable mm-hmm. for her contribution to what happened between the two of them in season four. This is where the missing piece is when it comes to discussing this friendship. We're Mm -hmm. missing when they actually had the conversation. So we don't know who took accountability for what. If they both said, you know what, I was wrong here. I was wrong. And the others said I was wrong there. Mm -hmm. We don't have that conversation. So we're going off of they're in a better space or working to get to a better space. Because remember, they revealed in the beginning of the episode, this is two months later. Right. So... They were still working through their problems. Mm -hmm. And then you had the robbery scene take place. I felt like that was very important because it put, it helped knock off the awkwardness. So in that moment, they let go of, we're still working toward getting back to okay. It's, bitch, did you see how you were fucking acting? You sit here holding your bag open like, take this shit. Right. Now. Okay. Sorry to cut you off. Go for it. Then you had, when they left the restaurant, Toward the end, and Issa basically saying, I basically just want to move forward. That doesn't mean that she's holding on to it anymore. On her end, which is what Molly wanted in the first place, is them to basically begin to move forward with their friendship. Like, it's not acknowledging that they had, it's not acting like the fallout never happened, but they're acknowledging that it's time to start working past it. See, I read that totally different. And my thing is, I feel like my question is, are they really trying to move forward or is Molly trying to move forward? Because Molly, if you remember, Molly was the first one that popped the question to Issa about are they moving forward. She also, she was asking Kelly, like, like when you and Tiff fell out, like, how long did it take y'all to get, like, back back? And Kelly was mm-hmm. like, oh, bitch, well, you gotta be fake back first. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like in all of this so far, mm-hmm. Molly is the only one that's like feeling the burn of it. And that could be guilt. That could be, I see where I fucked up. I want my friend back. So now I'm trying to figure out how we get past this because I'm, Molly is so accustomed to falling out with Issa, going through a little blow up or whatever. They take a quick break and then Issa come back and be the bigger person about it. And like, okay, well, let's. Let's resolve this. Let's get past this. And because Issa has not done that, now she's shaking. And she's shook because it's not going the way that she's accustomed to. Especially in a situation where if you took two months and as we saw on her Instagram, first of all, she's convinced herself 
after her relationship didn't work that now she has to quote unquote focus on her. But focusing on her and being in her own space in her own head is fucking her up. She don't know how to handle it. You dropped it. You dropped it. Oh, I'm you, sorry. You leave it. You leave it. Don't, don't leave now. now. You know how my brain is now. I get to dot. Don't now, now. Don't leave. Okay. okay. We're gonna we're gonna get back. We're gonna get back to Molly. We're gonna get back to Molly. <laughs> Actually, and it's funny because that's the next question is Molly. That's why mm-hmm. I said you jump in. Okay. Do you think that Molly will remain focused on bettering herself? No. Oh, that was quick as hell. She's not gonna. She can't help herself. Okay, but the one thing I need you to look at and this is why it's so fun to get other people's perspective when they watch it Mm -hmm. because everyone interprets it different and that's the fun part about the show Mm -hmm. with that because i've been in that space especially when when they were talking about you see her posted pictures of just hot like (laughs) i'm like bitch i've been there yes i know (laughs) but after you've given so much to someone and you really wanted it to work out and that didn't happen you go into a phase of doubting yourself Mm-hmm. And that's what she went through. And at this point, after not only falling out with Andrew, but also falling out with Issa, now it's more so I know it's work that I need to do on myself. Like when Omar came back into the picture, and I lived when though they're still, this is how I know their friendship is changing. Issa didn't hold back on being honest with her. Mm-hmm. She was saying, Y'all were just friends with benefits, and you never were checking for him. And so, like, until he reappeared. Mm-hmm. So she took it upon herself to be like, you know what? I don't want to jump back into old patterns. And that's where, I, especially looking at her character from season one, mm-hmm. the very first episode, to the beginning of season five, that's growth. Because yeah. any other time, Molly would have jumped at the opportunity to have a new guy in her life. Very true. And this is the one time that we've seen thus far she did not jump. Yeah, I mean, I'll give her growth in that regard, but I'm not holding my breath with Molly on that because we've seen her do the back and forth all the time. And I feel like we've just gotten to this space where last season she got her ass handed to her in many ways. And then she lost two very important people in her life, one being a relationship after all of the the broken relationships and shit that she made decisions on love-wise. And then to lose her best friend too, I feel like it shook her up, but I'm it not is. sure. I'm not sure yet that she is truly going to like stick to this new path of doing shit differently and not having it be so Molly centered. <laughs> We're gonna see with Molly because mm-hmm. I, I, I know, and I'm gonna just predict a little bit. I know Dro is in here somewhere. Child. I know Dro is around somewhere. That is a real... Dro would be the real test of if she changed. Because if you remember, he was the one guy of all the dudes that came into her life throughout the whole show that had the biggest effect on her. So if she really changed, Dro coming around will be the real test. Listen, and I need them to go ahead and answer them goddamn questions we want about Dro and all that shit. So. I really think, because I think they're trying to do it how they did with Lawrence. Remember when season three, we thought he wasn't coming back, mm-hmm. and then he popped up toward the end? Baby. I, that's all like, no, I feel like Dro was in here somewhere. But see, we ain't got no end to pop up on, so make it snappy. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get to the next question. Will Kelly begin to open up about her insecurities? Hmm. I think so. Mm-hmm. I Talk think about so. it. Because what we've seen from Kelly in this episode 
is her. I feel like we got a, a, a view into how she feels about being the comic relief. Mm-hmm. And that she like she sits in that role because that's who she is. But she's revealing that there's a deeper side to her that people are not paying attention to. You know what it is for Kelly? And because I've been... Te- like, every though these are black women, every single one of them I relate to in some fashion. Mm-hmm. And when you go so long fully being who you are, like you want to be the life of the party all the time, or you're just like... You start... How do I put this properly? You're life of the party. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves you. You're good for a laugh. Mm-hmm. But does anyone care about what's below, what's beside the shell that you see? Like, mm-hmm. there's still a person here. Mm-hmm. Her being remembered as a running joke affected her mm-hmm. very deeply. And the one thing that I loved was the scene where they were giving her her flowers and really describing her as a friend in that moment because she needed it. If that didn't reassure you that all of them are friends, actual friends, I don't know what else you need to see. Listen. Especially after how last season ended when they all banded together when Tiffany went missing. But this just reassured that bond is still there. And I think that people need to pay attention to also... Uh, what I saw in this was an iteration of Check on Your Strong Friends. Mm-hmm. Because everybody views Kelly as being this rock because she's not easily shaken. She doesn't normally show any emotions outside of the um, comic relief and sound out of being funny and all of this other stuff. And I don't think that people know that it's a character trait of possible deep depression when you have friends that are the hilarious one, that always are ready with a joke, extremely witty, quick on their feet and stuff like that, those people that make you laugh the most, you really should pay a lot of attention to Mm. because it's a defense mechanism, it's a wall, Mm -hmm. and people hide a lot of emotions behind that. So I, I really appreciated that in this episode that she is taking the time to give that vulnerability and be like, yo, I know y'all laughing, but all this shit ain't funny. And it ain't all great. And I want y'all to pay a little bit more attention to me than just laughing at or with me. Like, for real, take me seriously. It When she said, am I just a joke to y'all? I'm like, who the hell? I'm like, wow, okay. And it's tough because it's like, part of her reality is knowing that, bitch, you've been a funny one all the time. Right. So, like, it's a genuine question to ask people that you love, but then there's that other side of it that's like, but this is all that I've ever presented, so I kind of put myself in this space. You know what I mean? I, it was it was good to see Natasha play something, like, bring Kelly into a more, a, like, a more centered stage, because we have been dying, if you pay attention to some of the actual tweets when it comes to Kelly, we all been screaming, we want more Kelly. We need to see deeper of Kelly. Mm-hmm. And they finally started giving it to us. Listen, it's a sight to see. And also, because I feel like you're going into the next question, I just want to say that Penny's Preguntas, Penny's Preguntas, <laughs> top tier podcast night. Top yes. tier. I need y'all to get into that. That's and so the, dope. And on top of that, Issa said that um, Natasha hates that name. <laughs> I love it. That was so good. <laughs> and so on brand. I love it. Uh, okay. So the next part, I so to let you guys in a little bit, I so added a question. 
I told Marlon he could not look because uh, this is something that came to my attention before we even started recording. So the next question has something to do with Tiffany's attire for the entire show. Oh, child, I've been waiting for this question. So I'm reading this. This is where Scroll One kind of comes in for a hot second. This is coming from People.com. Members of the Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority have taken issue with Insecure's use of the of the organization in the acclaimed series and star and creator Issa Rae has responded. During the Sunday's fifth and final season premiere episode, the show's core friend group visits Stanford University for an alum event Ray's character Issa D was participating in. Throughout the episode, Amanda Seals' character Tiffany Du Bois, Du Bois, excuse me, wore outfits featuring AKA Salmon Pink and Apple Green colors. I'm going down a little bit further to what Amanda had to say in response to all the backlash. She said, Tiffany is a character on TV. I didn't write the character. I played the character. She said in her Instagram story, I'm not a soror. I'm an actress and I'm playing a character on TV. And I think reality TV has really done, excuse me, done really got folks fucked up because you know, it's like the, it's like all the same, but it's not. I'm just playing a character. That's it. Y'all know that y'all know that though, but some of y'all don't. I feel like some folks really forgot. I am still as the member as a member of a fraternity, not the divine nine, but I, I'm still trying to figure out because I, I kept getting I was dodging insecure bullets all fu- it's been so long. Y'all have to stop. Um <laughs> y'all have to stop. But I kept running into this whole debacle about <clears throat> Tiffany and the AKA thing. And I know where certain things can be deemed as disrespectful, mm-hmm. but I watched the show looking for something huge and I don't fucking see it. It's not that deep. She was literally in the colors. I don't even remember seeing her. Being in any paraphernalia. Yes. I had a stop Except for it. like once, right? Once. It was when they were actually inside the actual panel discussion. Right. She had on, like you saw the she AK had on her sleeve. So she had on one jacket. And had literally the AKA colors majority of the episode. Like the entire episode, honestly. But the thing that, and this is where I'm glad that Melissa, I forget how to pronounce her last name. Matsukas. Yeah. Those last names, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Melissa Matukas had um, tweeted, basically, if you want to blame anyone, blame her. Because she was trying to display how different your friends are. Mm -hmm. You had Tiffany that was a soror. You had Kelly who was in the band. Mm -hmm. Then you had Issa and Molly that just was like the turn-up twins. Right. So, I'm trying to understand why they can't, why can't we ever just accept, there's only but so much fake you can put into something. Meaning, what you wanted her to have a fake sorority for her fake school that was a real school. Why not have a real sorority? Do you see the Q do- do you see the Q dolls upset? Do you? Because they did talk about a fraternity also. Mm-hmm. Look, they're not upset. But and mind you, they did they damn near did the chant. So <laughs> I'm really trying to understand. I just I, I don't get it. And and my thing is, is that it's not like she was misrepresenting them in any way. It's capitalism. It's capitalism. But it's it's just I I I don't know. They talked about cues. 
I, I, just I had to don't, catch it for a second. I thought it was catfish, but continue. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I just don't understand where the disrespect or the distaste comes in. Now, I know that there are some people that are members of fraternities and sororities that are very possessive about their colors, paraphernalia, and shit like that. I get it. But we are talking about a TV series that is properly representing your organization. I could see if they put out lies. I could see if there was some sort of false flagging in there or whatever in the sense that they were saying something that was untrue about the organization as a whole. But she literally, it, it it's the reference. Like, when she came on screen, I knew exactly what was going on. Uh-huh. Like, oh, she's an AKA. Oh, so she plays AKA. She's a soror. Okay, and she's like dedicated to her sorority throughout the entire episode. What was wrong with that? Did you see her wearing booty cut, um, booty shorts? She was the, literally, oh my god! She was clo- like knee down clothed. The dress that she wore was long. The sweater was oversized. She literally went when they went to check in, had on a long dress. I'm really trying to understand where this was just disrespectful to your organization. I, I don't get it. And that honestly, as long as we've been seeing insecure, that's the best they styled Amanda. You know what? I I, I can't disagree with you on that. This that was the best styling, styling we've yeah. seen on Amanda. So I, I don't I don't really understand. Is that that wig when they was at the um when they had went to go celebrate Kelly? Yeah, that wig was just not it. Yeah. But you know, anywho, continue. But yeah, I just I don't really understand it. I don't get it, and maybe we'll get some answers somewhere. But to me, it just looked like y'all kind of tripping. You're bugging a lot. <laughs> it was very realistic. It was on point. There was nothing disrespectful about it. Though I am not an AKA, I can't be one. I just I'm looking at it. And I'm I was looking for a problem, and I couldn't find a problem. I'm like, it was not good. Y'all mad because your organization was represented in the show? Mm-hmm. Or are y'all mad because she's not an actual Sora, but she's not claiming to be a Sora? She's... She, okay. <laughs> I just... It's its the reach for me. It's its like, what are y'all... Uh, all right, y'all. I don't, right. Tr- I don't trigger it, Marlon, y'all. I, just, I don't get it. It does not make sense. I don't understand where the disrespect comes in. If they can point me in the direction of the disrespect so I can better get it, I would love to see it. But I don't see it. I don't get it. I have one last question. All right. One last. We have five already? I thought we... Okay, never mind. Yeah, it's five. Because you just... We spent a minute on four. Okay, okay, got it. <laughs> so, do you think that we've seen the last of Issa and Lawrence? Hmm. Okay, so... Come on now. I believe... Mm-hmm. That there is more fuckery afoot, but I do not think that they are going to get back together. I'm gonna tell you what I see. I see that I see them trying to be friends, and she not knowing how to be his friend. At follow me here. I also see Lawrence because of things are rocky with him and Issa trying to work out something with Condola. done that already for both of them but Lawrence is predictable please remember that right but uh, Lawrence is predictable 
very predictable. And the way that they showed from season four how much they foreshadowed at him becoming a father before she even told him. Because mm-hmm. remember the conversation he had with Derek um, about Simone when they were looking over her after she was born and how he said that Simone was not playing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why else would you have that conversation with Lawrence unless it's a foreshadow of what happened on the season finale? It was a lot of foreshadowing. I just, I, if they go that route, I'm going to be bored. And because then we've done this already. It's going to be, like, first of all, Issa said on the Angie Martinez show, if you thought Issa wasn't shit for these past four seasons, just wait. She really ain't shit this season. God damn it. So, and mind you, uh, Princess had already tweeted, are we going to be okay is the theme for the entire season. I'm like, Lord, that means we're going to be on eggshells for nine more episodes. Oh, my gosh. I just, I don't know. I, I don't I don't foresee them getting back together, especially with, so the ending scene of this episode. Can we talk about it? Can I, can I talk about? Fucking chef's kiss because oh, that breakup was in fucking tense, and it was brilliant because they didn't really say shit. She didn't. She couldn't bring herself to say it because she wanted him back. The foreshadow that they were going to end things was that full moon. Now y'all know how I feel about the moon. That's conversation from that time, but it was definitely a sign of change. And I was the most proud of Issa I've been in these past going on five seasons now. Mm-hmm. because she she didn't linger in that awkwardness. She just said, I can't do this. Like, she didn't even have to say it. Her body language, everything. Like, even when he came to pick her up, she had a level of uncertainty when she went to hug him. Right. It was all over her face. Yeah, but it, I feel like she was foreshadowing even more when they were doing the, um, when she was speaking at the forum. And she went, like, they asked them, what was, what was, it was the last question. And they were like, how do you know you're on the right path? And uh, she was like, I don't know if I'm on the right path. What if I wake up tomorrow and realize that I've been wasting my time all this time? That maybe. wasn't just about the block. It was that everything. Was, it was everything. It was maybe. Molly. It was her It was her business. It was Lawrence. It, that She has, first, we are one episode in, and she is like slapping it down. Like, it's do, it's been done so well. I just... And the thing that I love about the show, besides the fact that it feels like home, it mirrors so much of my life. Mm. And it's like, you always wonder, especially if you're an entrepreneur or creative or both, you always wonder like, yo, what if this isn't it? Mm. What if I what if I fall flat on my fucking face and have to figure this shit out again? Mm. And then you just look at yourself like, well, it was worth it. Yeah. It was worth it. Pretty much. Because you went after something you wanted. You never had that. You never will have the certain answers to everything. I just hope, because I saw, you know, I've always been Team Nathan since since season three, even with him doing Cats with the Friendly Ghost Games. I've been Team Nathan. I kind of figured something was off. I didn't know what it was until he said it. Anywho. Um, So... I'm just, I hope she don't try and play my boy. What I see happening with Nathan is I see another chick. Really? I think I see another chick. I Like, I really see an ultimatum coming for Nathan. I see mm. it. Because though, yes, he wants to be with Issa, he also knows he just does not want to be her friend. Very true. Very true. I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. If Daniel pops up again, 
That was a fine piece of chocolate, child. Mm-mm. Oof. He was funny looking in the face, but he's fine now. Listen. He's funny looking cute. He's not, not funny looking cute. He is funny looking cute. Oof. I'm sorry. Mm-mm. He got stone face. But it's something, you know, it's something about. Mm. The chocolate is right. Don't get me wrong. Ooh, I'm He's sorry. just funny looking cute. That's all. Make me want to hurt you, bro. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, any more predictions for how this season is going to go so far? I just see the season being a roller coaster of emotions. Everybody is already on this. Like, we're one episode in, and between Molly, fucking Kelly, and Issa, there's like, they're showing a whole new layer of the onion to all of them in the first episode. Like, there's so much... There are so many different directions that all of them can go right now. Uh-huh. There's no telling what's going to happen next. I am looking forward to learning more about, like, I want them to wrap Tiffany up and really help us really understand what's underneath why she is who she is. Because I feel like she's shown up as, like, the, the bitchy uppity, blah, blah, blah. But that, but that the is... The bougie friend. That is the blueprint for the Chamber of Secrets. I need to know. Remember, we still don't know why Derek was sleeping in a hotel. Yes. Like, what was it? She said the year before last, she said that in season two. Yes. That he was sleeping in a hotel. We never got the answer to that question. Remember, people still question that Simone was Derek's baby. It's a bunch of things with Tiffany that we never uncovered. And I think we probably won't. Um, uh... Oh, I just had a visceral reaction to that. I don't want that to happen. I need to now! But it just looks like it's going to be all the fun for the rest of the season. And it just, I found it also amazing before we move on. I found it amazing that the, the scene where they had got robbed, mm-hmm. that was actually Amanda's last scene filming the show. Wait, what? So they wrapped the show back in June of oh, this okay. year. The very last scene that she did, she had on that head wrap she had in the car. That was the last scene she had filmed for the show. Wow. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah, because they film it in pieces. They never film it in They can't film it like episode by episode. They film it in pieces. Hmm. So. Interesting. Oh, Round child. one of season five of Insecure Child. God damn. What's the timestamp? Where is this at so we can uh, end uh, the in this, um, In the spoiler alert, is 30 minutes and 39 seconds. 30 minutes and 39 seconds. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome thank back. Y'all, thank y'all so, so much. Welcome <laughs> back. Okay. All Ooh. right. I got my timestamp. So I'm going to refill this cup real quick. And then I heard somebody got a pot burling. I do have a pot burling. It is burling in the background through my onions and my garlic in there. We got some, some, some it's it's a heavy stock today, so get ready. A heavy stock. So a what, heavy stock. So what exact, what dish? I threw my bay leaves in. It's hearty. It's hearty. Let's just go ahead and refill your cup and we'll come back and do it. All right, we'll be back. All right. All right. Bye. It's so funny. You know, I'm tired of being nice about it. You know... Debo had came to pay visits and shit, and apparently he didn't terrify y'all enough into oh, our fucking inbox oh, for our listener oh, letters. He didn't terrify y'all enough to go on Apple Podcasts and leave us five star reviews, knowing that it helps in the ranking. And that Apple Podcast is actually our biggest stream platform for the show. They don't care about that. They don't care. They don't care. I don't know what to tell y'all, child. But you know, I I I I I just got to a point. Mm-hmm. 
where I'm just gonna pull up. <laughs> you just gonna pull up with my wooden baseball bat oh. and have fun. Okay. And have fun. Okay. And have fun. See, I'm gonna take the chain. Mm-hmm. You can prevent all this from happening. You don't know how. First and foremost, you give us a nice five star review on that podcast to help with the ratings. By the way, mm-hmm. or serious, or you can give us a listener letter. Yes, you could. Okay, the you email could. is at wryh podcast at gmail dot com. Yeah. Once again, that's a s k w r y h podcast at gmail dot com. Just like that. You want to do some promo? You like you like what you hear? You mm-hmm. like the feel here? Mm-hmm. You know we do love liquor sponsors and things of that we, nature. We, do. we love all. We of will that. review wine. Yes, we review will. liquor if you need. Mm-hmm. We we are ready for those things. So serious business inquiries only. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't give a fuck about your money stuck in Africa. I'm not trying to commit fraud with you, boo. Okay, so our email address for serious business inquiries is wryhpodcast at gmail dot com. Once yeah. again, serious business inquiries. W-R-Y-H podcast at gmail.com and also before we even wrap this up to go back into the show because my cup is ready um, let me tell y'all something our DMs on Instagram don't do them okay mm-hmm. I want to see y'all there okay I want stupid inquiries inside that box no okay that's all the fluff stuff all the cute stuff listener letters questions comments concerns you put that in the DMs but the business inquiries Okay, you put that over there. That's it. That's it, and that's all. Now let's get back to the shenanigans. Let's do it. All right. Lately, I've been going through some things that really got me down. <laughs> what is this drag down, down? You... I can't with you. You I can't. can't. You can't. Can. No. And we're back. We are back with the shenanigans. Make me wanna stop. Make me clap my hands. Make me wanna dance and stop. Are you done? <laughs> <laughs> Baby, can't you see? I got the victory. So. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Shut up. Anyway. Moving right along. <sighs> my stock is bubbling. Oh shit. I got y'all. a long wooden spoon. Oh, it shit, is time y'all. for Marlon to stir the pot. Now, this week we're gonna talk about some pretty heavy stuff. I'm, I'm, I, I feel like I'm I'm brewing up a nice Tr- hearty, tr- trigger words. Hearty, hearty chicken noodle soup. Tr- trigger words? Oh, I don't think there's any triggering here. This is some it's just some, you know, it's a little bit of a serious turn. Y'all know I, I like to try to give you a little balance sometimes, but this is gonna be the heavier side of the scales this week. So you got three options. Oh fuck. Three options. Why would you do this? Yeah, because you know, it could start anywhere. So So you were marinating on this for a while. I need you I need to pick a color. Uh pick a color to figure out where we're gonna start. Uh, red, purple, or blue? Huh? Red, purple, or blue? You come to think of green? No, I'm not putting green in there so you can choose it. Red, purple, or blue? First of all... First of all, I know you let's not do this. We don't have to do the back and forth. I know you love green. Well, I'm to put green in there when I know you're going to choose it. No, red, purple, or blue? It would have been perfect dating. No, red, purple, or blue? Fuck it, purple, shit! Thank you so much. So you started off with the light end. So we're going to start off like you guys. So there is a post that I saw on the uh, Twitters. Oh, Lord. And this comes from at They Call Me Meeks. 
And it says, why do the gays make a big deal if you have a quote unquote roommate? I never understood. I saw that question. I was like, why do the gays feel some kind of way about you having a roommate? You got some insight on that, friend? Tell me about that. You know. Well, first of all, let's start here. Do you have a problem with that? No. No? Okay. I have a problem with roommates. Okay. Okay. So why do you think they have a problem with roommates? I guess so they could walk around naked, make love, all that other hot boy shit. I don't know. I mean, but why? Sorry. If your man is saving money and using money saved, that he saved by going half on the rent to use on you, why are you complaining? <laughs> do you have your own apartment? Real do you? Shit. Yes, do I, you have I, your own apartment? Can we talk about that? Because that was my next. I'm like. Half of y'all don't even have your own apartment. So don't be shaming somebody for saving some fucking money now. Listen, why are you pressed about him having a roommate when you ain't got no space of your own? Hello. And if you do have space of your own, then invite him to your house. Why is that important if he got roommates? Bitch, do you? And furthermore, this (sighs) this this go back to a fucking meme right now. I'm just thinking of it. It's like Y'all bitches afraid to scream when somebody else is in the other room? Is that the problem? Girl, fuck up. <laughs> they know what it is. Exactly. If, like, I'm, gonna see, if I'm gonna see my nigga, he, you know. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you happen to hear that, maybe you shouldn't have been trying to listen. Listen. I'm just gonna say that Pretty part. much. We're just putting it out there. You like, know, it's... It, it, it's gonna it's gonna linger. You're gonna hear it. You in my business? You you know don't you might you might want you might want to join in. Right, but don't do that. Don't do that. That's do that's that. my man. I might bop you real quick. You know. Yeah, that you we would hate for that and to happen. Especially if like if this is just a hookup or a wink, as people say. If it's just a sexual thing, then I'm really not concerned about who in your house with you. I don't give a fuck about them. I could be loud as I want. I could scream. You know, and I feel like this also has something to do with some of you gays that feel like you're more important than you actually are. And you're ta- I don't need nobody say- else in my business. I don't need nobody else knowing who I am. And I don't want nobody else going back and talking about it. See her. Half, half, of the cho- half of the children. <coughs> half of the children now are holding up. Cell phone cameras as they're fucking. I, so you, how do you not want everyone in your business? I mean, then get rid of your alt Twitter, sweetheart. Well, delete your OnlyFans. Well, then we'll stay out of your business. You know, I mean, just call the spade a spade. It is what it is. Okay, y'all get your shit together on that though, because that's her. All right, so we got the purple, red or blue. Fuck it, let's go with red. Red. All right, so we are moving on up. In age. Let's talk about aging. So aging is a process that I don't think anyone really wants to do. But we have to because life. And not to mention the pressures of society on getting older through all of your intersections. So let's get into this topic about aging. So my first question for you is. When you were a teenager. About it. What was the age that you couldn't stop obsessing over? Like, think about when you were, like, 17, 18. What age were you like, oh, my God, I can't wait. I need to see this. 
21. It was the biggest life lie ever. (laughs) (laughs) Bitches was really out here dying to be 21 just so they could fucking drink. We wanted to be... I'm going to go down a rabbit hole real quick. It's okay. (laughs) We wanted to be grown so fucking bad. So bad. Until we realized that bills were a part of that motherfucker. (laughs) And how bad... I personally apologize to my mother and my godmother (laughs) for when they used to tell me that they could... That uh, basically they had no money after they paid... um, After they checked. And we didn't believe them as children until you are grown enough to understand that they were not lying. We are not the same. With no kids, with no no response. Imagine with kids, you sit here trying to not only pay bills, but also keep your kids happy. Keep clothes on their back and feed the motherfuckers. Especially if you ain't got no food stamps. Bitch! Do you know how Easily, I remember my mom would spend because sometimes I would go to the supermarket with her over two hundred dollars in groceries, no stamps, none, none. That's out of pocket, two hundred dollars. Uh, woo, child! Like just shout out to the parents, child. Because that is my God. <laughs> I remember going to the Pathmark. If you were real OG, you remember Pathmark. We would go to the Pathmark. And I remember, I looked that shit said like two hundred dollars. When she was done with the coupons, that shit went down to like one twenty. <laughs> Don't play with me, okay? <laughs> shit. Oh, shit, shit. So, what was it about that age that was so fascinating to you, specifically to you? Like when you thought about twenty one, what 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 was it that like sent you over the moon about it? I was grown, grown. <laughs> I was. Uh, let's be clear. Most of us were fast, so we were, like, grown-grown at, like, 18. Like, we were already, like, let's be clear. Uh, most of us had already had a drink. Listen. Most of you had already smoked your first blunt by this age. Well. Let's be clear about something. About let's be clear. Let's talk about We it. were grown as fuck at, like, 18, but we couldn't buy liquor at our own until we were 21. <laughs> and you could tell us shit. I'll never forget. My first bottle of alcohol was fucking smearing off green apple. Baby work. Baby, you wanna talk it before Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. Bitches was on smeared off. Let's be clear. She's middle shelf. You thought you were real classy. Real Real cute. You thought you were hot shit with smeared (laughs) off. And if you was one of the ghetto people, you had a fucking four loco. Bitch, do not. That shit still turns my stomach at just the thought of how potent it was before they actually reduced it. When I tell you, I have never had a four loco. You don't want I one. Never at back then, one. you didn't want one because no one I knew ever could finish the can. Baby, I remember stories, the horror stories of people like blacking out. Some folks had died from the shit. It was crazy. That's why they had to reduce the alcohol on the alcohol level. That's crazy. That's but, child. Um, the age that I obsessed over was probably 21 as well. Every every person is 21. And, you know, it was just like, you're about to be 21, so you, like you said, you pretty much grown. You know what the fuck you want to do. But, like you said, looking back, it's like, what the fuck was I doing at 18 that I wasn't going to do at 21 already? Mm-hmm. I mean, except being able to legally do it and then use your own ID to get in the club and release those yeah. I was using everybody else I did my own for a long periodic time. I was using everybody else shit for my own. Yeah. This <laughs> <laughs> is the problem, friend. Here's the problem, What's friend. The problem? Jesus Christ. Do you remember the first time you were drunk? 
vaguely. Vaguely so, as fuck. Yeah. I can't. Uh, all I remember is it had something to do with that fucking spirit off bottle. And I think we went to my best friend's gas house. Mm-hmm. And we all, like, it was me, her, my cousin, Ty. Shout out to Ty out in Chicago. And we were all at the house, like, getting twisted off of this bottle because I just turned 21. And now I could buy a liquor. So if we wanted more, I can go get it. Right. So I, we were that hype. But do I remember exactly what we did the first time we got drunk? No. I don't remember the first time I threw up, but I don't remember the first time I got drunk. How many times you blacked out, friend? Be here's real. the thing. Here's Be the real. thing. No, How many times you blacked out? Here's the thing. I didn't start getting blackout drunk until my 30s. Mm. Like, I stopped throwing up around... And this bitch could drink anybody on the table. I'm going to just throw that out there. 22, 23 was the last time I threw up. After that, I was good from mid to late 20s. No, bitch. 20 fucking 6 was the first time I blacked out. Let me tell you hoes the story. I ain't shamed. Y'all know I put my shit out. 26, though? It was my 26th birthday party. I was going to my, um, one of my gay cheers of my city in Chicago, which is no longer there. It was a club called Wet. She was open on Monday nights. They did drag shows. It was my shit. I had my own personal bartender. I was VIP. I paid to get in there once and I never paid again. But why was the name of the club wet? I'm sorry. These are the questions that need answers. Okay. So. Okay. (laughs) Finish your story. Because it's not adding up. It it was that Monday was the gay night. So it was a regular club, a regular bar club, and it was called wet. But anyway, who cares? So. What happened was, we went to the bar that night, right? Right. Got to the door. I slid on past. I went back to my bartender. My bartender, as soon as he saw me, he would start making my drink with some peach Long Island iced tea. If they haven't had one, get one. And if they didn't, if it don't taste right the first time, they ain't making it right. So anyway. I've never had a peach Long Island iced tea. I'm going to make you one. Don't worry about it. So, he was making my peach Long Island. I got my drink. Turn it up, having a good time. I think that I was three and a half Peach Long Islands in. And then everything went dark. And I woke up, I was 25. And I woke up the next day to the stories. Here's how it went. Woke up the next day, I was like, what the fuck happened? So I called my people's. And they was like, bitch, you don't remember what happened last night? I was like, hell no, I wouldn't be calling you if I did. What the fuck happened last night, bitch? I just woke up in my bed. What are we doing? They was like, bitch, we couldn't find you for an hour and a half. Let me lay out this club to you, okay? First of all, we enter through the back. You come through the back. The bathrooms are to your right. There are two floors. The performers get changed upstairs. So nobody goes up there. So it's all one floor. It's very back to the front. The bar is at the front. You got the dance floor. Then you have a small seating section, the bathrooms, and then the exit. Mm. They said I went ghost for an hour and a half and I resurfaced. Excuse me. Walking from the front where the bar is and they were sitting on the couches in front of the bathroom. They said I walked up. They was like, well, bitch, where the fuck have you been? Guess where I told them I was. Where? In the bathroom. 
He said, bitch, no, you were not in the bathroom. We've been here this whole fucking time. What do you mean? I still don't know to this day what happened that night. And no one else does either. Unless there was someone I was with and I didn't know. You want to hear a funny black eyed story? Tell me about it. So, this was when I was a young, uh, when I was first starting to understand the levels of chimneys. Okay. If you understand where I'm going with this. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, my friend, shout out to my friend Dash. We were going to the club. I forget which one it was. I had to have been late 20s too, so I can't judge you. Okay. So, we decided to um, spark up before we went into the club. Everything was fine. I had I, I know how to pace myself in okay. situations and such. Mm-hmm. So we get out, we go, we start walking because miraculously a cop pulls up behind us. So we were like, yeah, um, my friend Dash was like, you need to get out of this car. <laughs> so this is before everything became legal. Right. So we were like, all right, bet. So we go to the we go to the bar and this man starts ordering Patron. Now, if you know anything, you can't mix strong liquor on top of weed so it's like it, it you're going on a journey yes you are it's it's a journey literally teach the campbell tease <laughs> it's the journey <laughs> so I'm in, we're in the club and he's like Let, um let's go back out and smoke again so i'm like oh, 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 okay mind you at this time i don't have the tolerance that i have today right so we go to the car we smoke again and we're walking back to the club I blacked out. Oh shit! I what I come back from the blackout same night by the grace of God, and I am eating a chicken shish kebab and just eating it savagely. <laughs> Coming back into consciousness. Oh shit! So I'm looking at my friend, and we're going back to the car. So I was like, Dash, what the fuck happened? He was like, You don't know. I said, Bitch, I blacked out. He was like, Um. You were grabbing dicks. I was like, wait, See, what? Just like the slut bucket from the South that I know you are, you better be grabbing pain, bitch. And then he told me, he was like, and you was talking to some dark skin dude. I was like, I don't know who I was talking to. What is going on? See, you were talking wake up with numbers in your phone. See, I know, I knew it. I knew it. You're like, who the fuck is this? I knew it. Like, what the I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Oh God. Okay. So, so tell me this. So, how does aging affect the way that you make decisions about your life, from romantic to life to set to life decisions, anything? Like, how does the aging affect that for you? I think one thing that we've learned when it comes to aging and making life decisions, sometimes when we made the wrong one, we don't want to admit it out loud that we've done so. Mm. So we like to sweep it under the rug. Okay. Compared to in our 20s when it was everyone else's business, when you reach your 30s and up, it's kind of like, yeah, you want to keep a lid on that. Mm. Because you don't need everybody judging you and your business. Why do you think that is, though? Why were we so carefree about it in the 20s and, like, you get to 30? What is because people expect 30s? you to do... People expect you to have your shit together in your 30s. In reality, you don't get your shit together. Like, for some people, they don't get their shit together until they're, like, they're like in their 40s is when their shit finally comes together. And see, that's part of the reason why I wanted to have this conversation because societal pressures are really, really pertinent when it comes down to aging, especially... Especially as black folks Mm -hmm. because the world 
will already tell you that like the world has everything mapped out for you on these time stamps before you even get here. You're supposed to graduate high school by the time you're 18. You're supposed to go right into a four-year college. Mm-hmm. Then you're supposed to have this blooming, blossoming career right as soon as you graduate. You're supposed to jump into your career. And then after that, you're supposed to, by 25, 26, have two kids and a dog and a white picket fence and a house. And then you're supposed to ride off into the sunset until retirement when you're 50. And it's like, bitch, that is literally not how the fuck this works. Like, stop believing all that shit. It is all a fucking lie. So, sorry to cut you off. The more you put an expectation on what you should have in life by age, the more you'll find yourself disappointed. I've come to that realization. The more you put an expectancy on what you should have accomplished by the age, by a certain age, the more unhappy you'll be with life. Listen, because the reality of the matter is, if we go on by the shit that I haven't seen already, your 20s are for fucking up. They are literally, it's a trial and error age. Listen, it's your your 20s. Do all the fucking up. Figure it the fuck out as best you can. Because trust me, by 30, everyone, especially your elders, are looking at you like, well, you supposed to have your shit together. And it's just not true. And then I'll be looking at them like, you don't even got your shit together. You in your fucking 50. Shut up. Literally don't have your shit together. Like, it's not. But tooting your nose up at me, ma'am. Exactly. The fuck you talking about? Shut the fuck up and sat down. 20s are for fucking up. You get to 30s. When you start your 30s, you really begin to start living for real, for real. Mm -hmm. And your early, first of all, why do the thirties go so fast? Well, you know, I, I'm not gonna reference it. I'm not. I'm gonna hold off. Why do you, they go so fast, friend? It, you got a few more months. No, see, here's the thing. I just got to thirty nine, and it's okay. It's okay, but it went so fast. It went it, so fast. It, it's all right. But it went so fast. It's all. And friend, they're gone. Friend, friend, Bitch, they're friend, gone. Friend, friend. friend. No, Friend. like I don't understand. Like You're twenty st- took, yo, no, twenty <laughs> took forever. Okay, twenty <laughs> took forever. I did a lot in the twenties, bitch. They 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 drug on. I was like, all right, girl, we still here in these twenties. What the fuck, bitch? I got to thirty and I blinked, and here I am. And it's no shade. I don't mind aging. I have no problem with that. But goddamn it. I feel like I was cheated out of this decade because she went really fast. It, but friends, I need forty to slow down. I need her to get here. We need to like sit down, have a conversation. I need an appetizer, bitch. I need a soup and salad. I'd like a half a sandwich and an entree. I would like two desserts because I'm a greedy bitch. Don't fucking do this to me. Like I need you to slow it down, ho. We got shit to talk about. Like fuck. What is we doing? But. I just need her to slow down. God damn. 30s, you really start living. And it's like, once you kind of get a nice grip on your life and what you're doing in your 30s, they're fucking gone! They're gone, bitch. I just figured this shit out. My knees start cracking hoe. I can't move like I used to. What the fuck? I, I need to slow down. Listen, I I, oh, I know, oh, I know. When I you start, when you, things start happening that you didn't expect to happen to you by a certain age, you're like, wait, what the fuck? Exactly. Why? And see, like, I think about aging for me has affected, like, my decision making in ways because as you keep age, as you get older, 
your experiences change, uh-huh. which means that your lens changes on a lot of shit, which is why I feel like a lot of people, as they get older, specifically people that are now in like their early 30s, are on this kick romantic-wise where it's just like, fuck that, I'm not taking any chances anymore. I'm going to sit this one out until either I get myself together or I feel like somebody makes it worth my time. Like, I feel like people's experiences have led them to be like, yo, I've done a lot of shit already and I just don't have time. You know, coming into realizing that I'm a middle-aged gay now. (laughs) Um, Yes. Yes, God. (laughs) I'm halfway there. I'm half, mm-hmm. I see through the fuck shit now. Mm-hmm. Like, I had this conversation earlier with a friend, and they were like, um, so you're not looking at, I tweeted, I was like, um, and I put it in my Insta story, I'm torn between one and a nigga and one of my insides rearranged. So, and one of my friends was like, well, why not do both? I said, because you already know, niggas really ain't shit. So, <laughs> I mean, niggas ain't shit. Why do I need to be bothered? Why do we have to go through this? I'm picking through your brain stage. Mm-hmm. It's only room for one awkward motherfucker here, okay? <laughs> and that is me. Or I'm a lot to figure the fuck out. Oh, right, but I mean, Francie, so here's my thing with that. I understand folks feeling a certain way about taking the risk of going into new romantic relationships. But my thing is this. Every relationship that you encounter and that you walk into is a risk. Every. You, you are never going to be able to walk into a situation know how it's going to begin, end, how it's going to climax. But that's, that not my, that's not my problem. See, the problem that I have right now is why is it that niggas want you to be a mind reader? Mm. Bitch, I can't even decipher my own mind. <laughs> What are you talking about? You want me to be a mind reader? I don't know what the fuck you're thinking. I can't read your mind to know how the fuck you feel. And then on top of that, one of my friends said something that was so real not too long ago. And this has a lot to do with age. Because us middle-aged gays now. I'm a lead girl. (laughs) Um, Us middle-aged gays. One thing um, he said was people in our age demographic if there's no romance attached to it, we don't want it. That is a solid fact. If there's no romance, I am so uninterested. I'm bored. And you're not going to last more than a week with me. Because I I, I can't. I I can do better. I I am better. I feel like the reason why that is is because I honestly believe that our generation is the last of we are like the purgatory right now where we are very familiar with quote unquote times past, but we are not so old that we are not able to understand and have been a part of the present moving on into the future. Mm -hmm. So we are deeply connected and understand what it was like to not have a fucking app to find someone to date We know what it's like to have to go into a club and see a cute boy. And if you want to know who the fuck he is, you're going to have to walk up and have a conversation because he's going to leave and you will probably never see him again. Like, we know what it's like. And it's sad to say it, but we know what it's like to communicate. 
without a screen separating us. We know what that's like. So it was. It reminds me of the last time I genuinely met a guy, and I'm not talking like through an app. I'm talking like through just being out. Mm-hmm. And very seldomly will the new kids have that kind of thing because I don't care how many fake Twitter amateur porn fucking titles and captions y'all come up with that's somebody you knew and that you've been fucking for a while they're not someone randomly that you met at work or in a hotel lobby or some shit stop fucking lying it is not the pizza delivery guy girl shut the fuck up it's not the amazon driver (laughs) yes he may work for amazon but he's not your root bitch anywho (laughs) they don't i had so the thing is I love sometimes finding holes in the wall mm-hmm. because your experience at holes in the wall to me are a little bit better than like bigger places. True. So I have went to this spot in Brooklyn called Happiness Lounge. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if Happiness Lounge is still open and it's mainly a spot for older gays. Mm-hmm. But it was this one guy like he, he and I he like he couldn't stop trying to dance with me. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't bad looking or anything like that but he said do you come here often and I kind of Told a falsehood and was like, well, you know, I freaking here every once in a blue. Like, it's not telling him it's the first time I've ever been to Happiness Lounge. But a part of me was like, yo, why didn't you just give him your number? Mm. Like, he wasn't bad looking and he wasn't, like, he looked like we were about the same age. Like, why don't you just give him your number? I'm like, I don't. Thinking about it later, I'm like, Charlie, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. And now it's like, you'll never know what that was because. You walked out on the situation. Exactly. We do that, especially as you get older. You're willing to have those. Like, I'll just let to take this moment. Because if I get to know you, I might not like you. Mm, but see, that that's what I'm saying. You got to be able to take those risks, though. Because you don't, just because you meet somebody and you start getting to know them, it doesn't mean that you are tied down or committed to that situation. You're not. But the one thing that I've been very appreciative of is I realize how much... I related to Mary Jane Paul for being Mary Jane. Like, I started, I didn't say anything, but I started rewatching the show. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of insecurities that she talked about, and it made sense. Like, even though she was being basically, she did a lot of self sabotage. But in the long run, she thought she can control how someone comes into her life. And, like, you can't. Mm-hmm. You no, can't. The, the minute you stop obsessing is when that person walks in. And you know what? Thank you for saying that because that answered an age-old question to me that people say all the time and people hate to hear you say it, that love only comes when you stop looking for it. It does. And and the reality of the matter is, is that what people are not realizing underneath that is looking for love is trying to control its entry into your life. Yep. And and that's why that, that statement holds true because if you're so busy obsessing on how am I going to get it, when am I going to get it, where is it going to come from, who is it going to be, I want it to be this, I want it to be that, you ain't never going to get it because you're blocking yourself from all that shit because you are so busy trying to dissipate the risk, wow. you're not inviting in the opportunity. You just got to let it go. All right, so, ooh, child, we have really gotten into this. Let me just do one more question, then we're going to move in. Okay. So, what are the things that you find you struggle the most with in aging? Girl, this arthritis. Do you not understand? <laughs> I hate it. I'm like, where the fuck did this come from? This bitch ain't appeared in my life ever. Oh, shit. Then all of a sudden, here she come. What the fuck is this? 
I can't be, I can't bend down for too long. My legs start to hurt. Then one day I wake up, you know, it might be your foot, your knee, your elbow. You don't know where the pain gonna travel to today. All you know is that the shit coming. Girl, I'm tired of these random pains. This shit's getting on my nerves. I remember I used to be able to do a full night of partying and everything, only have a fucking hour of sleep, and then go to work and work eight hours. Listen, don't you remember them days? Now you can't pay me to do that. <laughs> when I tell you I can't do it no more, I can try. I can put forth a really good effort. Bitch, I need a solid three, a solid three hours before I go in and do any work after a night of partying. I am, um, I think that some of the things that I struggle with the most, <sighs> it's for lack of a better term, regrets. And let me expound on that a little bit. Please do. I don't really, I don't regret anything that I've done. Uh-huh. I think that I am just hard on myself about opportunities that I did not take or mm. moves that I didn't make, mm. you know? And I try not to live in the coulda, shoulda, wouldas, but again, societal pressure for me plays a big part in aging because there are things that I want to do that I feel like there were things that I should have done in order to get to those spaces mm-hmm. and I haven't done them yet. And Society and life will tell you that you've gotten too old for this, this, and this. You know what I mean? And I I, I hate that because I know that it's not true, but knowing that it's not true and fighting with being told that for the majority of my life is an uphill battle. So I'm battling myself on these things. Example. Um, One of my biggest fears is leaving this earth without leaving a legacy behind. I've had a lot of my close friends that I talked to that I've like revealed that vulnerability to, and they're like, "But you, you have such a legacy, and you don't even realize it." Mm-hmm. But I think that for me, what I view as a legacy is not what other people see. I want to have a child to carry on my legacy. Mm-hmm. Society will tell me that I am. I have a lot of things against me for that. I'm a black gay male that is going into his 40s, which means that you ain't supposed to be having no kids. You probably shouldn't be too late. And it's just like, while I know that's not true and I know that I'm capable, my mind starts throwing a million things at why this possibly won't work. Like, I get concerned with, oh, when I have a kid, now that I'm entering my 40s next year, Will I be as energetic and vibrant enough for my child? Yes. Will I be able to, um, <clears throat> I don't know, like, will I be able to see everything, like, see them through their life? Will I be able to yes. be here? For, like, But all of those things, as trivial as they sound, they're heavy because they're things that I think about, which kind of makes me fearful of taking that step, or if I take that step, will it be right or wrong? And again, like I said before, I have to kind of counsel myself and stick to my own words. It's like every situation that you walk into, every relationship that you walk into is a risk. So knowing all these things, like I, 
And if we're going to be realistic, bitch, I could have had a child at 21 and I could have died at 22. It's all risks, but, you know. I was about to say, child, you can do that. You can still do that no matter your age. Yeah. You're not, okay, I can understand if you had that doubt if you were, like, 55. And I mean, no shade. I'm not shaming anyone that's, like, in their 50s side they want to become a first-time parent. But you're shout not, oh, huh? I said shout out to Jenny Jackson. Okay. And it's no shade. She she has money. Girl, go off. She got money, but the bitch is still bad. Okay. Go off for being a mama. But no, you still young. You can have a kid. It don't matter. You, listen, you can leave your legacy if you want to. Yeah. And that's just one of the things. But, you know. Okay, friend. Thank you for talking to me about aging. Mm-hmm. So, what was so what was, the last one? So what? I'm scared because the way you just paused me said blue. Let me know you're so, going to try and trigger me. Babe sent me this on Instagram today and I wanted us to talk about it. Oh, hell. Here we go. And on Instagram, the handle is freethink. And it says, HIV treatment gets green light for human trials. Now, the FD, I'm going to read this to you guys. It's going to be slightly lengthy. I'm going to try to pick out the things uh, that are most important. So it says the FDA has given excision biotherapeutics the green light to begin human trials of a CRISPR, that's C-R-I-S-P-R, based HIV treatment, possibly a cure, that's administered in just one IV infusion. Mm-hmm. The challenge. Today, people with HIV can expect to live as long as uninfected people if they commit to lifelong antiretroviral therapy, ART, a combination of drugs that must be taken daily, soon after diagnosis, but the drugs have their drawbacks. Yes, the fuck they do. Mm. Next point, rare cure. So far, only three people have had their HIV functionally cured, meaning nearly all of the virus is eliminated and what's left is incapable of causing illness. They each had bone marrow transplants to treat cancer, and the marrow was from donors whose genes made them resistant to HIV. But not only has this approach failed to functionally cure other people with HIV, it's also not a viable HIV treatment option for most people. The HIV treatment, excisions treatment, EBT 101, uses CRISPR to hunt down HIV DNA that is lurking in human cells and cut in three places. The quote says, if you make just a single cut, the virus can mutate around it. We make multiple cuts to deactivate the viral genome, said Excision CEO Daniel Dornbush. EBT-10 has worked to some extent in human cells, mouse models, and non-human primates infected with SIV, the simian version of HIV. Now that the FDA has given its blessing, Excision can test the HIV treatment in humans, with a safety trial expected to launch before the end of 2021. Now it says the right number. EBT-10 can eliminate HIV from a host cells, but the amount of virus removed varies. Two-thirds of, the, two-thirds of the mice were still somewhat infected, and in some of the primates, more than 60% of the HIV DNA remained after treatment. However, as researcher Trisha Burdell said, 100% clearance might not be necessary. Quote, That's the question in the research field. Do we need to completely eliminate every viral copy to achieve the cure? We don't know yet. If EBT-10 can functionally cure HIV, its delivery via a single intravenous infusion could make it easier to distribute than a lifetime of ART therapy, especially in some of the places 
where HIV is most prevalent, such as sub-Saharan Africa. I'm just here. I'm trying to get past the fact that you said they tested the virus actually on primates. I mean, well, that's... It makes sense because they are the closest to us biologically. And then they also can be infected with HIV, which with SIV, which is the simian version of HIV. So more more often than not, especially in uh, with biologists and things like that that do the study on these diseases, they usually start on animals first. So it makes sense. Fair. It's it makes sense for the first. It's still messed up though. So my thing, my, I guess I wanted to have a discussion about this because by you and I being in this fight for as long as we already have. Yes. How do you feel about news like this, especially in in this time that we're in right now, where science has gotten to a point where these things are not only visible to us, because before, without social media and all this other bullshit, we were not getting news like this. We weren't. You didn't find out about new medications or none of that shit until that shit came out. And even then, if you wanted to do research on it, you had to dig through papers, ask questions, be in the who's who, yada, 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 for all that stuff. So how do you feel about news like this? I don't think I'll be able to 100% cure it. I honestly don't. I feel like... How do I put this properly? It took y'all this long to come up with that? Now, I get it. You can't put a time expectancy on finding a... Supposedly finding a cure. It's still in trial. It's basically still in trials phases. Mm -hmm. Which means it's not 100% effective. Well, it's about to go into human trials now. We gonna see. We gonna see, y'all. Because, see, my thing is... I get what you're saying about it taking them this long because HIV has been a child, decades long fight almost as old as me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I believe that it's coming. And I've told people this before because with the presence of COVID and then the developments in treatment with HIV that we've gotten just from COVID showing up. Because I've been telling people all the time, COVID is new HIV, but that's a different story. My thing is this. With what we have now, what we know of HIV treatment now, where we can take medications that can get the virus so low that it cannot be detected in our system, I don't think that this is that far-fetched. I feel closer to us seeing this in our lifetime now with this information than I did before. Mm-hmm. But I guess my next question to you is do you really care? Would being cured of HIV change your life in any way? No. Only reason why I say I feel like it wouldn't make a difference is the sad part is what is not talked about is how many people are actually positive. Yeah. It's more common than we all like to think. Mm -hmm. There's more people positive than we believe. Right. Now, will finding a cure help anything? No. 
because it's still STIs, and I feel like that will be on the rise with both HIV. Well, it definitely will, and I think that like there might be some rise in STI infections now with COVID going on because sign of the times we're isolated, people are having more sex to try to feel something from people, yada yada yada. Is the pandemic? Am I the only person the pandemic made calm down sexually? I'm like, after I went after I, as I went through my my stage of heat, I calmed down. <laughs> I think some people um, have the same sentiment that you do, but there are more people that more. I feel like there are more people that have up the ante on their sex during the pandemic. I, when I tell you, I calm down, calm down. I mean, you know, you know, I, y'all, y'all know. I pack a bag in a minute. Oh, you and this spending night bag. Anyway, what? But I do. Who I, said I'm spending the night in my state? I mean, it's a spending night bag regardless. So. I'll spend the night in my hotel room. Anyway. So, I I think I, I have to beg to differ. I believe that the cure will change. Of course, it's going to change something because it's going to change the game of HIV. Mm. And I, I believe that if this is true and it gets to a point where it is approved, it's going to change a lot when it comes down to... HIV transmission, I think that it will definitely make a very odd move on stigma. Because I feel like people will still be stupid about it and stigma will still be around, but I'm hoping that it will not be as heavy and harsh as it is right now. Because Mm. I feel like there are not enough people that are not HIV positive that have this information. Oh. Because they already, there are still too many people out there that don't know that some somebody that's HIV positive HIV that somebody that is HIV positive being undetectable means that they can't transmit the virus. I think there are still a lot of people that don't know that. Yeah, because they think it's a newfound thing, a version of HIV. Right. Ooh, we won't go down that that mm. rabbit hole. Mm. But. Mm. Anyway, all right. So my stock is good and healthy and heavy. I'm going to put my meat in and close the lid on this pot. Oh, you're finally done. I am done stirring the pot. So, let's go into my last segment. How make you feel, friend? Ah, oh, hell. I only have two this week. All right. So, this first one comes from IG at We The Urban. Mm. And it says... Come on, Sid. Let's focus on that imaginary clock to success and what other people are portraying on social media. More focus on your own unique journey. Let me read that again. Let's focus on that imaginary clock to success and what other people are portraying on social media. More focus on your own unique journey. Mm-hmm. That'll make you feel fun. <sighs> Give it to me one more guess I can real feel. Let's put less focus... Mm-hmm. on that imaginary clock to success and what other people are portraying on social media and put more focus on your own unique journey. It's kind of like, I think I put something in my story that's a while ago was stop trying to impress people, um, random strangers on Instagram. Hello? Because that's basically what that is. Yes. Very much so. <laughs> that's exactly what that is. Like, I need for people to really get a grasp on the fact that IG... It's predominantly a space to share happiness. 
people do not put a lot of their trials and tribulations on IG. They don't. And then people can create any type of narrative they want on IG. And if you focused on what the hell they got going on and comparison, comparing and contrasting yourself to that, you're setting yourself up for failure. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I just need you to stop. Just don't fucking do it. Don't do it. Okay. Last one comes from I am 30 AF. That is I-A-M-T-H-I-R-T-Y-A-F. And it says, and I got this one because of the topic that we just talked about on the evening. By age 32, you should have an unfinished to-do list from eight years ago that causes daily anxiety, an overwhelming sense of dread, and a cast iron pan. And this is said in jest. So again, by age 32, you should have an unfinished to-do list from eight years ago that causes daily anxiety, an overwhelming sense of dread, and a cast iron pan. Why are we such perfectionists? <laughs> like, that's extreme. Because that's what society will tell you. That's extreme as Society fun. tells you that by, that by a certain age, you should be in certain spaces in your life. And I laugh so hard at this because they're right. It's like, stop what I got from it was. Stop allowing other people to dictate where you should be at certain points in your life. Because we are all totally different people. We all got different journeys. And we're going to get to different benchmarks at different times. Some of them, some of us are not going to ever hit these points that society, your mama, your friends, your family have for you as a person. Mm-hmm. Because we all have our own journeys. Like, by the time you get 32, you, first of all, child... There's a whole bunch of shit that you didn't do in your 20s that you're still calling yourself working on that's going to be right there. And it's going it's going to bug you every fucking day. I know because I'm that guy. I still got shit that I wanted to do, that I needed to do, that I'm going to do, that I'm still playing on, that I'm still working out, that I started decades ago, and it's still here. And it still makes me feel crazy every day. Oh. But... Again, that's my own path. You know, the funny part is when I remember when I wanted to do this and I was contemplating on doing it, you know, always like, will I have the support I need? Mm -hmm. Will they love it? Mm -hmm. Will they hate it? (laughs) Will it be opposing to them? Uh Uh-huh. Then I said, I don't care. Word. I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. You all, I had, I remember I had one person in particular tell me I shouldn't do this. Mm. And I had to look at it. I'm like, this person has a lot, but they have nothing. Mm. Hmm. The thing is, someone that could have so much accomplished by a certain age could sit there and look like outside, look externally like they have it all together. Then when you take a look at what's beneath the surface, the person themselves, Seems like there's no soul or heart there. Literally just a shell of success. Oh, I have this, I have that. But you're still lonely. Mm. I have this, I have that. You still go to bed by yourself at night. I have this, I have that. You're still not genuinely happy for your friends. You have, I have this, I have that, but you can't celebrate your friends' successes. It's a lot that goes that's into not that. A life. That's, that's not, not a life. life. You mm-hmm. like you want to have a career of being a hater. That's on you. Woo! <laughs> if that's what you want, that is on you. For real, for real. 
All right, ladies and germs, thank you for taking this journey with us today. We want to thank you for listening. But before we go, we need them mental health tips. Tony, what you got this week? Don't be afraid to speak your truth. Okay. That came to me. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to speak your truth. Sometimes your truth will make someone else uncomfortable, and that's perfectly fine. Yes. Your truth is just that. Your truth. No one has to understand it. All they got to do is respect it. Live your life. And if it makes you uncomfortable, speak the fuck up. You don't have to sit there and go through that shit. Listen. Your truth is just that. Your fucking truth. Hmm. Friend, what you got? I think I'm going to piggyback off of that and say this. Don't you let a bigoted bitch tell you how to live your life. Mm-hmm. Fuck what everybody else has to say about how you living. As long as you are not hurting anyone, as long as you are not being a detriment to anybody else's story, you live in your full truth in your life to the best of your ability and fuck what everybody else has to say. Uh Do you at all times. Okay. That's it. That's all. All right, y'all. So, until next time, hoes, listen, before we go, I'm about to scold y'all in the way that Marlon scolds y'all every motherfucking week. Hear me and hear me clearly. Listener letters, y'all know where they go. Podcast at gmail.com. Drop your comments, your, your concerns, your inquiries, your reads, whatever you want to put, whatever you want to say, make sure you say it to us. We would love to hear from you. You heard what he said. We would love to hear from you. Yes, we know y'all listening. We see you out there. Don't act like you're not there. Just drop in and let us know what's going on. Let us know how you feel. Another way you can do that, you can give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Five stars is acceptable and the only one that we would really like. But if you got something that you want to get off your chest, I'm not going to discredit you. You do what you got to do, boo. But we know you love it because you're back here again. Five stars. Make it happen. Leave us a comment. Let us know how we're doing because we want to hear from you. We want to keep making this thing go further and further and further and further and we cannot do that if we don't know how you feel about it. Being, si- being silent is not support. And, and, and listen, closed legs don't get fed, whole nation. Closed legs don't get fed. Also, if you have business inquiries, you want us to promote your brand, your product, a show that you have going on, any of those things. If you you want to promote your, your single or album release. I mean, all those things. You know we love music. We, you know we love all of the things, visual, sound-wise. We love the artistry. If you have something that you need to promote and you want to get out to the people, make sure you drop in our mailbox at wryhpodcast at gmail.com. Y'all literally just saw us review for the boys. I mean, and they are doing great things. And not to say that, you know, we helped that we did that, but... They have half a million views on their show. We know that you hoes wouldn't watch that shit after we posted it. We know you did. Don't act like you didn't. And if you ain't seen it, I know you want to see it now. Because uh, 500,000 people haven't seen it and you haven't, bitch. So what you doing? Why you want to be behind? I mean, and they didn't even ask us for that. We did that because we love them. Exactly. That wasn't paid. So imagine if you paid us to sponsor your shit. Imagine how much we would go up. Imagine, you think I got paid from HBO, let alone Hooray? I did not. I did not. I did that for free. We do the thing. So make sure that you drop in that motherfucking mailbox and let us know what the deal is. All right? And with that being said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Get on your job. Show the support. Don't just listen. We need y'all in other ways, too. Okay? Thank you so much. Do do the things. Get it right. That's right. We'll see y'all next week. Do the code. Do the thing. (laughs) Bye, whole nation. Bye.
Okay, bye, y'all.